Yeah. All right, here's the dealie, home slices. Y'all are way, everyone's way too far away from me right now. I need some closeness. So that means please come closer, please. There's too much emptiness right here. Can we just come? I just need to like, someone sit here, someone sit there. Someone, what? I don't know what he's saying. I still see you. This is, I just want to be close. Pull me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. Yeah, just right here. What the heck? There's three seats for three people who need a seat. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Dominic just got jacktified. I don't even care right now. You want to know why? Because we need to be together. Because finals are over. That's I don't even care right now. All right. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going we're gonna to jump in that tonight. Luke chapter 5. Lucas capítulo 5. What? Was that right? That's... <laughs> Dude, okay, we so we got invited. I got invited to go and minister at this uh, college group in Ojai last Tuesday. Oh, hi. oh hi, wanna some pizza? No, we went to Ojai and we. It was just fun, man. It was really cool. We saw like two people's legs grow out, and and this girl's back got healed, and Taylor and Christy were blowing it up prophetically, and. It was just craziness. I'm calling you out. I know you're out there. No. <laughs> anyway, it was crazy, dude. It was really fun. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all I want to say. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for people who love Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this college group. I thank you, God, that uh, in school, out of school, you know, they, these hearts are just, they just want Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that, that as we pursue tonight in your word, Lord, that you would speak to us. And God, I thank you that you raise up this, this, this group, God, to be uh, impacting not only this region, but the regions that they came from. Lord, that their families their friends and all that would get touched by the love and the power of Jesus because of what they encounter here. And we just thank you for that tonight. Equip us today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen is a little more spiritual than amen. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Listen, we are doing a message tonight called Friend of Sinners. Everyone say Friend of Sinners. And, and so this, this, let me just ask you this question. Have you guys ever felt like inadequate for something that your teacher or your parent or... Yeah, Dominic, you kind of got jacked, dude. I'm kind of... Yeah, sorry. Listen, listen, I, I had this piano teacher when I was at Miracosta, and I was, and, and his name was Professor Lang, and uh, he was probably the, one of the best teachers I've ever had. I didn't, when I first started playing music, I, I had to take piano because you have to take piano in order to get a degree in music theory or music studies or whatever. So I always play guitar, but then it was cool because it was like, I'm getting school credits and I'm also getting, you know, like piano lessons all in one thing. And so he though would always like give me these gnarly sheet music pieces of music where like, I don't, if you know music, you know, 
It's like all of these eighth notes and like sixteenth notes and all this stuff just blotted all over the page. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And he, and he would just like, oh, hey, Andrew, I want you to learn this piece. And he'd just drop it on my little piano station. And I'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't... I don't, I'm not sure I could do that, you know, and I was like, kind of like, what the, and I don't, and man, he would always be pushing me, and I would tell him, isn't this too hard, and he would always be like, no, 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 you can do this, man, don't even worry about it, you totally can do this, and every time, he would just mess me up with that, because I'd just be like, man, I really don't think I can do that, has anyone ever felt like that, where you're feeling inadequate for something, but your teacher, your parent, your professor, your leader, whatever, your friends just keep pushing you and asking you to do it, and for some reason, because they we're moving close to you and in believing in you, it helped you to change the way you thought about yourself. Man, I'm telling you, this is, this is like the gospel, man. This is what God does with our lives. You see what I'm saying? It's like so awesome. The lights are going off. Like it's, <laughs> we're, <laughs> it is like, dun, 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 you know, like anyway, this is what I think is happening in, in Luke chapter 5 with Jesus. And so if you're in there, I want to, we're going to start in verse 27. Look at that timing. Did you see that timing right there? Faded in as I said the verse. <laughs> After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. Everyone say tax collector. tax collector. By the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Uh, verse 28, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi, verse 29, held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd, everyone say large crowd. A large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Verse 31, Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Everyone say, boom! Man, this story is crazy. And I'm going to show you in this story, uh, one one of the ways that Jesus... He, because here's the deal. Like you got, you got crazy dude preaching on the campus about a month ago. You know, you got different people doing different things, trying to get people to come to Christ because you, ah. but Jesus shows us the most amazing example of how he brought people to repentance. And man, so, so we go back to, we go back to verse, we're going to do a little Bible study. Okay. We go back to verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting on his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. He got up, left everything, and followed him, and he held a great banquet. This dude must have been seriously impacted. Now, I don't know. I've read some commentaries. I don't know what it was exactly that caused him. Because Jesus, how many of y'all realize he only said two words? <laughs> you know, he was just said, hey, follow me. You know, in other words, come be my disciple. And the dude got up and literally left everything. Has anyone ever thought like why the dude just literally just got up and left everything in that instant? It wasn't like you know, it wasn't like, you know, like these angels appeared out of heaven. It wasn't like crazy, ah, you know, this is wild. He told me everything I knew. Like there wasn't, it's not super clear here, but here's some speculation. Jesus had just done a miracle 
Actually, he just done a couple miracles, and one in particular, he just healed a, a, a guy who was paralyzed, a paralytic. They, remember the story where they break the roof in, they drop the guy down there, and he says, you know, take up your mat and walk. That had just happened before this. And not only that, Jesus had been healing all who were sick and, and all that stuff all over the place, and so there was a reputation about this rabbi named Jesus. Je- he, was, he was rabbi, he was teacher. So you gotta, you gotta imagine this now. This is probably not the first time that Levi, or, or the other gospels, this is, we know this is actually Matthew, so Matthew, Levi, interchange interchangeable. We know that Levi had probably seen Jesus pass through a few times here and there. We, we, we know that because Jesus has already been moving around this place, he's been already healing the sick, he already has a reputation. So we know that Levi had probably seen Jesus and Jesus had probably seen Levi and they had probably gotten a little bit of the reputation of who Jesus was. So now you got to think this now, because because in this culture, this is super significant because these tax collectors were known as three things. They were known as cheaters, they were known uh, as, as traitors, and they were known as sinners. Cheaters, traitors, and sinners, and because it rhymes, I, well, I wanted to say cheaters, traitors, and haters, but it just didn't work. I was trying to work it in there, but it just couldn't. So, But they were cheaters because when they did the tax thing, they would, they would up the rates, and then the extra that they got, they would put it in their pocket. They'd be stealing stuff from their own people. These guys would be messing. That's how many all know. You know, it's like the town crook. You're like, we all know who this fool is, and we don't want to be his friend. This, this is Levi. And then they were also supporting Rome, so they were traitors because Rome at that time had taken over Jerusalem, and they were running the show. This is why you you, you see all this stuff happening with the Roman centurion and all this stuff in the Bible. Rome had taken over Jerusalem, and they're ruling the Jewish people at this time. So when you start working as a tax collector for Rome against your people who are Jewish people, how many of you realize that you are called a, a traitor? You're just not really a good friend of the family, you know what I mean? Because now you're working for the enemy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like Hillary working for Trump. You know, you just don't do that. Is that a weird example? I don't know. I just did that. It's just a weird thing. They're just not friends. I mean, I know they're working. For, okay, whatever. Listen, they, they were, <laughs> whoa. Okay, they were known as cheaters, and they also supported Rome. They just like, they were cheaters, they were traitors, but they also, the other reason why the Jewish people had a problem with these tax collectors was because they were unclean Gentiles. They, they weren't like, they, or they were, they were like, or not, they weren't, they weren't Gentiles themselves, but they had a constant contact with unclean Gentiles. So they're always touching unclean people. And according to the Levitical law, if you touch unclean people, what happens to you? You get unclean too. So they just got a lot of bad stuff going for them. They were cheaters, traitors, not haters, but sinners. You know, and Jesus, this is crazy. You have to, you have to grab the magnitude of this. So now, Jesus is in this area. He's doing his thing. He's getting a reputation for healing the sick. He's, he's known as the rabbi, the teacher. He, he's got a good reputation in the community at this point as a great man of God. Now you have Levi, who's a cheater, a traitor, and a sinner that these people don't like. And so now you have Jesus coming up to Levi at his tax collecting booth saying, follow me. If I'm, if I'm Levi, I know who he is. He's, he's Jewish rabbi guy who's in charge of this thing. He's, he's running a really good show right now. And me, I know I'm a cheater and I know I'm a traitor, but hey, I'm making good money because we know that he was pretty rich and well off because of the job that he was having and that he had to throw a huge banquet for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Poor people don't hold banquets for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, here is my rice and beans and mac and cheese. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't do that. This dude had money. This dude was rolling. You know, tax collectors made some money back in that day because, 
basically, they're like the street pharmacists. You know what I'm saying? If you want to put it, in, I mean, they weren't selling drugs, but they'd be making money off of fools, you know? And so he's making a lot of money. He's a cheater. He's a traitor. And he's an unclean dude. He's, he's, just, he's just running the wrong race. You know what I mean? But me, me being Levi, sitting in this place, Jesus, the leader of the Jewish community, who apparently is not supposed to like me, invites me to come and be a part of his crew. He invites me to come and be with him. And what Jesus is doing here, you got to watch this. He's closing the gap. He's closing the gap between himself and Levi. He's closing the prejudice gap. He's closing the racism gap. He's closing the cheating, the, the, oh, I'm holy and you're not holy gap. He's closing all of these gaps. He was inviting Levi into a relationship with him. Why is that crazy? Because this is unheard of in this day. Jesus is literally breaking down barriers in the culture of this day. He, man, I'm telling you, Levi, this, this, this is huge, man, because you got to think this, this is like a, such a radical statement. We read this and go like, man, I wonder, I wonder what happened in that moment. There's the whole background of what happened right there. It, it's crazy. It, it's like, it, it would be like Billy Graham, you know, inviting someone from Al-Qaeda to come over and, and have lunch with him. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is huge, man. This is a huge statement that he's saying. This could, this is, and this is why we know later on we see that the Pharisees are getting super offended about what he's doing right there because he's breaking down barriers. He's breaking down prejudice walls. You, you know, sometimes we, we try to pretend like this stuff doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> It's so crazy, man. We, we still have so much divisions and so many different things with, with humans. You know, we're like, we're, we, there's so much prejudice and so much judging each other and so much all this stuff that we see God moving in someone else's life. Even if they're our friends and we start judging them, like, why is he moving in them and not me? You know, like, and why is he choosing them to do something? Why is he like them better than me? And all this stuff. And Jesus just comes down and just like, I'm breaking down all these barriers. I love everybody. And I want you to, and I'm inviting you to love them too. Because what we have to realize in this scenario, there's one point to this message, okay? So we'll get to it in a little bit, but there's only one point to this message. And we're getting there. But this was a lesson not only to Levi, but to the disciples of who God is. Because how you might remember, there's disciples that are with Jesus already. And Jesus now... It's like, like the other day we decided to go into the, 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 they have a room for like the different rooms in the student union, the LGBTQ uh, room. And because the dude was preaching, you know, that week before about, he was just saying some really bad things, saying that the homosexual community is perpetuating STDs on the campus and just really, really like judgmental, opinionated, like wrong stuff to say to people. Like if you're really trying to win them over to Christ, wrong way to do it, you know? And so we decided that we're going to just go in there and, like, apologize, number one. And we're going to, can we play you a song? You know, I think I shared this with you guys. But we, we went in there and said, hey, we just, can we just, like, we want to, number one, apologize on behalf of the church and on behalf of Jesus because that wasn't him. We just want you to know that's not how God is. And we go in there and, like, hey, can we play a song? And then, and then Yar's like, okay, Pastor Andrew, you want to sing a song? He's like, wait a second, Pastor? Or, or is Lauren? Okay. And she's like, Pastor, this, this dude stands up and he's like, oh, we're not allowed to have religious songs in here. I'm like, all right, dude. Hey, you know, no worries, bro. Like, can we, can we sing the song outside the door? You know, like, so we literally went outside the door, sat on the bench right outside the door and started singing, you're better than I thought you were. And just singing about how God is way better than we think he is. 
It was awesome. And that, and then we had, you know, a couple came over here because of that. They came to our service and they got touched, man. They, you guys, whoever was praying for, I don't, they were getting touched. You guys were praying for and they were getting touched and it was awesome, man. But there's, but how many realize though, it's, it's not just like, this wasn't just like for them to realize who God is, but it's also for us to realize who God is. Us going into that room and saying, hey, we want to represent Christ. It's teaching us something. And this was teaching the disciples something by Jesus breaking down some barriers saying, we're actually going to hang out with Levi, guys. And he invited us to have a party at his house and we're going to hang out with him. So I'm not only teaching Levi who God is through what I'm doing, but I'm also going to teach all y'all who God is by what we're doing. You with me on this? This was, a, this was Jesus like He's genius, you know. It's like sometimes we look like it's like we're okay, but it's all the sinners we need to get changed. Like, actually, in this moment, Jesus was teaching a lesson to his disciples on who and how and when to reach out to people and all this kind of stuff. So check this out. Like, there's parallel accounts of this. So we're reading Luke's account, but Matthew and Mark actually have a, an account of this. And in, in, in Matthew chapter nine, verse ten, this is what it says. Uh, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many, everyone say many, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And then go to Mark 2.15. This is Mark's account of that same verse. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many, oh, there's that word again, tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples for what? Say this with me. For there were many who followed him. Did you see that? Jesus attracted sinners. There were many who followed him. There were many imperfect people who followed him. There was many tax collectors. There's many prostitutes. This is what Jesus would say in his gospels, that the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of all the righteous people because they actually realized they had a need for somebody to save them. The righteous people thought like, no, I'm good. I don't need a savior. But these guys were like, dude, I know I'm jacked up, and I'm glad you came up on this scene. It said many, many, there were many who followed him. I think this is so crazy. There was many sinners who followed him. This is a crazy question that we have to ask ourselves, that if we're not attracting sinners, then we have to ask our question, where are we misrepresenting Christ? If they're, not, if they're not saying like, man, whatever you guys have, I know it's a little weird to me and a little foreign because I don't understand it, but there's something about what you guys have. It said many followed him. <laughs> it wasn't like all the Pharisee, the, all the righteous religious leaders of the day followed him because he was, per, you know, because he did everything they wanted him to do. No way, man. It just said all the, all the imperfect people followed him. It, this is this is the attraction. You know, if we're repelling sinners, then we're not representing Jesus, right? <laughs> if they're like, oh, I can't stand being around those Christians because they're stingy, they don't tip well, you know, they they judge me, they're they, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, man. Now, now sometimes it's just they're getting convicted by the Holy Ghost and they need someone to blame. But you know, <laughs> like, but the reality is. <laughs> But the reality is, sometimes it could be that we're kind of being a jerk sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, 
like, like another time we were, this is, um, this is a plug for our outreaches on Thursday, you know, last week, no, two weeks ago, whatever it was, we were walking, we, we were walking around campus trying to figure out what to do. We got in tables and we prayed and then we're like, we, we should go here. We should go here. We should go. So we broke up in groups and I, we were just walking by going to a place we thought we were supposed to go to me and Denise and and what she knew this guy who was standing at the table and they started talking. So I'm like, all right, let's talk, you know, like, and you know what? And, and the dude's, and the dude actually was a pretty cool guy. And, and he started for some, he, he started the conversation. He started asking me, cause I said something about, cause he was, he was making fun of the preacher guy who was yelling at everybody and stuff. And, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, and sometimes that, the problem is the dude just, he needs to be loved too. You know, that's why we act out of fear sometimes because, because we don't know we're loved and stuff. And, and he said, oh, so are you, are you like spiritual or whatever? He says, are you into healing or whatever? And I'm like, what makes you ask that? You know? And he's like, oh, because you're like talking about love a lot. And I was like, oh yeah, totally. And we started this whole conversation. He's into this new age Reiki, you know, inner heat healing thing. Kind of, kind of some weird new age stuff. And and I just literally, in my mind, I know the root of this stuff, that I know that it's demonic in its root, because, there, because really, I mean, if, if, <laughs> if people are getting healed and it's like because of some, you know, calling on some weird spirits and stuff like that, it's like, mm, you're inviting demons, you know. But I know this inside of my mind because, I, because Jesus, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, he's like, oh, what do you use? I'm like, oh, we pray in the name of Jesus and release the power of the Holy Spirit. We just had a ser- like a regular conversation, exchange stories, exchange testimonies, and that was it. I didn't, I didn't say, bro, what you're doing is straight up summoning demons. Why are you doing this? You know, because I could be like, I know the truth and I know this and that, and I could, I could try to tell him all the things why he's wrong and all this stuff. All I did was literally just sit there and tell him stories. <laughs> <laughs> like testimonies. That's all we did. And then we ended up getting to speak to his, the girl that was sitting there and, and she was getting touched. It was, it was really cool. What's the point though? What's the point? What's the point? We didn't sit there and, and just judge him and go like, oh, you're wrong because you do this, da, da, da. We, he exchanged numbers with me and then he, and then he texted me later on that day and just said, uh, man, that was such a great conversation. So, something like, I'm summarizing. So that was a great conversation. I've been looking for some guidance and, and I was really relating to everything you were saying and all this stuff. Boom. Whoa. This is crazy, man. And, and so, and I'm like, bro, let's, let's go have coffee. I'm like, I don't, if you go to church, cool. If not, let's go have coffee and just talk, man. This is crazy because these are the kind of people that Jesus attracted. <laughs> these are the kind of people who are like, dude, I, I want to be around Jesus, you know, like, and, they, and there was probably some weird people in the bunch, you know what I'm saying? There was probably, there's probably people who dabbled in witchcraft. There's probably people who, who were, you know, there was people, tax collectors, there was prostitutes. There were people that, that the world and that, especially the religious culture in that day would be like, get away from me, you know, like, where is my cross, you know, like, ah, you know. Where is my holy water? You know, I need <laughs> baptized. You know, like and we get all weird, man. And Jesus is like so not afraid of sin. He's so not afraid of people who are broken. He's so not afraid of anything. Like he, he's just like super unintimidated. And the Bible said there was many sinners who followed him. 
I think that Levi could have gotten so touched by Jesus' love that he invited him to come and be a part of his crew that he invited all his homies over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that might have been what happens, you know, because he, it said many, there was many sinners and tax collectors hanging out with him. He's like, bro, I know I'm an ex-tax collector now, but all y'all, let me just tell you what this rabbi did for me. You all should come over. He's ha- I'm having a dinner for him. You should just come. Just meet him. Just meet him. It'll change your life. Like, this is, this is us sometimes. This is us going like, come to this third Friday hangout. <laughs> Come come to this church service. Come to this event. Why? Because we met somebody who changed our lives. And this works, man. But sometimes you can't, people, they ain't going to come to church, so you have to bring church to them. And, and you know what I'm saying? Some, it's, no, it's not bad to like invite people to church, but some people ain't going to come to church service. And some people get freaked out they come to church service. They'll be like, what are you guys doing? You know? If you need more clarification on that, get my sermon from Sunday morning. It'll help you with that. <laughs> but this is the contrast. So if they ain't coming to church, then you just be Jesus and bring Jesus to them. And you get to break down walls and break down all these different things by just loving them and being an ear for them. And just listening. Oh, that's cool. That reminds me of this story. And we're just being friends, man. And so if you look at verse 29, Luke 5, verse 29, this is what it said. It says, they were eating with them. Do you see that? And the others were eating with them. How many of you realize that there, was, there wasn't a separation? There wasn't segregation. There wasn't a righteous table and a sinner's table, you know? It wasn't like at Thanksgiving where you have the, the adults and the kids, you know what I'm saying? I'm 32 and I'm still at the stinking kids table. I don't know what is going on with my family, but it wasn't like all the kids grew up and now we have our own adult kid table. But it wasn't like the righteous table and the sinner's tables, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like that. There wasn't a separation. They were hanging out together. They weren't too good to hang out with the the lower class people. You know, there was so much prejudice and racism in that day. And man, like I was saying, this was a radical statement that they were hanging out. It's like like all the churches mixing together, you know, and and then coming and saying, hey, we actually want to have a banquet for the LGBTQ community. And say, can we just bless you guys? We just, all we want to do is just hang out with you and, and let you know God loves you. It's like us coming to the New Age people, the Muslims, the Eastern religion people, or the people in society who aren't deemed worthy, you know, or the people that you just straight up don't like. <laughs> the people that you're just like, I don't really like you, you know, <laughs> like, but God is calling us sometimes to just break out of, not sometimes, all the time, break out of our prejudice and stop judging people and just love them, man. And how do you do that practically? By sending a prayer to them in your prayer closet? Maybe, but maybe actually taking a step towards them and putting your hand out and saying, hi, my name is, and I'd like to be your friend, you know? Not that awkward, but, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy, because now you remember, not only was Jesus teaching his disciples the way God loves and the way that he is, now he was letting... The sinners get a glimpse of the culture that he was cultivating with his disciples. What, what do I mean by this? When people start, like, you, say you have your group of friends, and you guys are all sold out for Christ. And then you invite a whole bunch of people who aren't sold out for Christ just yet, and they're maybe sold out for something else. And now you're all hanging out together, and they see the way you treat one another. Now they're getting introduced to what kingdom is. Now they're getting introduced to what unconditional encouragement looks like. And, you know, and David Knox is shouting out, success! And they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> We're like, oh, yeah, every time any of our friends want to, like, they're stepping out doing something, we just shout success because we want them to succeed in everything they do. 
oh, that's a cool culture. Like, that's maybe not normal in the world. I don't know. (laughs) And they were intermingling the disciples' culture that Jesus was developing with them, with all the sinners who, who, you know what I'm saying? There's a world out there that crude jokes and and talking about body parts and all this kind of stuff is normal, funny things to say. Help me understand, when you cross the line into the kingdom, stuff stops being funny. (laughs) And, and it's different. Now, toilet humor for me has stayed the same level of funny. But like other things, <laughs> other things, they shift and your desires start changing. And all of a sudden, like, for example, when I got saved, like it was different, man. We would party. We're like looking. We go to the mall just to pick up on chicks because we didn't have any money to buy anything. Anyway, we go to the mall for that. We party. We do all this kind of stuff. But when I got saved, my, my mind had to get renewed. Girls had not no longer an object for my little lustful of fantasy. You know what I'm saying? But you get saved. Now they're an object of God's love. They're daughters of God. <laughs> It's different. You have to see the world differently. And I can remember that no one necessarily told me. I just, you know, you get convicted. You know what's wrong. But I remember hanging out. I remember hanging out with my, this family who was discipling me. And we'd be just watching TV. A Victoria's Secret commercial would come on. And, and guys, it's like Temptation City all day long. Uh, you know, it's like the coyote with the, you know, and the tongue falls out, you know, all that. But now everything changes, and this is so cool what they did for me. But not even just for me, because this is the culture that they had. Remember, their culture was invading my culture, and I was getting changed. And instead of just indulging in this commercial, they were like, oh, get that out of my face. And they would change the channel. Because they knew that, hey, I don't want to set this dude up for failure by putting these half-naked chicks in front of his face. You see, the culture begins to invade. This is what Jesus was doing for these guys. They got to see what an empowering culture looked like. You know, that's why we lo- I love saying, like, oh, we're going to pray for you. Hey, you, come over here, pray, you know, like, and let them do it. Like, we did that the other night, like, the other night, and this girl, I don't, this is, I, I, was, I was talking to Nancy, and she said they'd never seen legs grow up before, so this is, like, a brand new experience for them, and I just took one of the other girls, I said, here, come over here, put your hand right, I said, just, just do that, and just say, in Jesus' name, right leg, I command you to grow, and we watched the thing grow out, and, it, and I just told her what to do, and she just did it. It was awesome, man. Like, I didn't need to be the one that had to do it. You with me? It's this empowerment where it's like, ah, oh. and, and these guys got a glimpse of the culture that Jesus was developing. Now look at Mark 2.15 one more time. Remember, we're getting to one point in this message. There's only one point, and we're not there yet, but we're getting there, and this is all culminating. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners uh, were eating with him and his disciples, for there are many who followed him. I want you to notice who is doing the following. The sinners are following Jesus. There was many who followed him. I want to say this because it wasn't Jesus trying to fit in with the cool cats. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that song? I wish that I could be like the cool kids. Cats? Cats, kids. He, it wasn't Jesus trying to fit in with everybody. It wasn't Jesus trying to like, oh, I got to be hip. Let me get my ear pierced and, and get a few tats, you know, like, and let me hang out with you guys. Let me rip my, my robe up, you know, like I, he wasn't trying to be cool for everybody. He was just him and he was just happening on them. And, and, and you know, th- this happens sometimes. You'd be like, okay. Pastor told me I need to hang out with some jacked up people. No, pastor told me I need to go hang out with unbelievers, sinners, or whatever. Oh, and then then you're at this party. We're like, oh, that's cool. I'll take a few shots too, man. I just want to be with you guys. Because he said we got to be with (laughs) y'all. Remember, it was very clear. The sinners were following him. Who was setting the standard? Jesus was setting the standard. 
You know what I'm saying? But like, hey, if they offer me something to, to, you know, to take a shot or whatever, I'm like, bro, I don't do that. But man, I'm happy to be with you guys. It's so simple, you know, and, and some people actually get convicted just by you saying that. They'd be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that because the, the Christian guy, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you do, y'all do whatever you want. People, you know, sometimes they'd be like, they start cussing, you know, dropping F-bombs and, and they're like, oh, sorry, I know, I know you're, you're, I know you're religious and stuff. I'm like, dude, just be you, man. <laughs> you be you, you know, <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, just, just be you. I'll be me and we'll let our cultures clash. It'll be great. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because, because the thing is, is like if people feel like they have to like clean themselves up just to be around you, then guess what they're also doing to God? And that is called hypocrisy. It's just, I like, I'd just rather you be you because then God will change you, <laughs> not the fake version of you. <laughs> like if you're going to cuss, cuss, man, I don't, I really don't care. The dude that we were talking to on campus is dropping F-bombs like every other sentence. And I'm like, just sitting there. And, and you know what? It's so easy to get offended at that because that's not our normal anymore. I don't, I, I, you should have heard me, you know, my friends, this is, this is me. I, I get saved literally within one week. I'm hanging out at my friend's house. So this Nate Firth uh, and then his brother, Dave. I was best friends with Dave. Uh, he actually is one of the owners of Booze Brothers, if you guys know what that is. Do you know? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sinners! No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm <laughs> Okay, they, he actually, him and his brother Donnie and another guy named Chris, they, they, him and Donnie are actually the Booze Brothers. They are my friends. They, I grew up with them. They own the thing. Here's the deal, though. I, we used to skate and film videos and all this stuff. And, and uh, so I, because if I didn't land a trick, I would start throwing out some expletives. And, we just, <laughs> and so one day, one day, my saved friends came over <laughs> to go watch some skate videos of me skateboarding, and uh, I didn't land the trick, and I'm like, what the, you know, like, throwing my board and stuff, and I got all mad, and I'm, like, sitting there, like, one week saved, going, like, "Uh, hey, guys, that's me, Ah, you still love me, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but anyway, I don't even know why I was saying that, I'm just saying, like, there's culture clash, was that, is that where I was, I don't remember, Yes, that's right. And so that was me. That was just who I was. That's, that's just what I was. And I was coming out of it. But sometimes we can get easily offended because someone's not like us. We don't even do that. We do that just in friendships and in family relationships. We're like, you know, we're getting mad at everybody. Like, why isn't everyone perfect like me? What is, what is wrong with this world? You're like, you don't see the world the way I see it. What is wrong? There must be something wrong with you, because I know there's nothing wrong with me. You know? And it's weird, man. And the Pharisees started judging everybody. They're like, they, why are you guys eating with these guys? They, do you know they're messed up people? And so Jesus, though, was secure in who he was, and he wasn't about to change or compromise based on someone's opinion of him. He, he wasn't afraid of the accusations that might come. Uh, because he spent time with sinners. Did you know, Luke 7, 34, there's actually an accusation. And Jesus is telling them, he said, the son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard. And look what he says, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's what Jesus was accused of. People are like, oh, just because he's hanging out with people who were drinking, he all, all of a sudden was a drunkard. Just because he was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, 
oh, he must be just, oh, he's a friend of sinner, you know. And he was guilty by association. But how many realize that Jesus never compromised the standard? He was the one that they were following, actually, according to Mark's gospel. And so the Pharisees complained. Look at Mike, uh, Luke 5.30. Remember, there's only one point to this message. I didn't tell you what it is yet. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained. Everyone say complained. They complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? They complained. You know, something is wrong when you complain about people reaching out to sinners. That's weird. (laughs) Go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of every nation. What's wrong with you? Why are you hanging out with those sinners? Record skip, you know. <laughs> Jesus' last words, go into all the world. <laughs> Preach the gospel. What's wrong with you, fool? Why are you eating with sinners and tax collectors? Don't you, need, you, you need to be in a church service right now. You need to be in a holy club. What's wrong with you? How are we supposed to do that? No, don't worry about it. It'll happen by just praying. Don't, no, 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 that's, that's for those Todd White people. I'm not about that, though. I'm not those evangelists, weird people. We don't do that. No, 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 no. And they started judging them. And their complaining was probably stemming from the idea that tax collectors are cheaters, traitors, and sinners, and unclean. It was probably stemming from their prejudice. Did you know that in the South... It even happens even today, and we were talking about this the other day, like, I was reading this book, Philip Yancey wrote, What's Amazing About Grace, and he was talking about the church that he grew up was a white church, but they didn't let black people come into their church. That's crazy to me. That ain't, that's crazy, man. And you know what? I, I just think, like, whatever the prejudice is, these, that's what was hanging up these guys. They were mad because they were hanging out there. With Jesus was hanging out with these sinners, but the problem was they were so judgmental and they were so, you know, prejudiced that they couldn't see a valuable human being. They couldn't see it. It was crazy, man. They were judging and not loving. And how many will realize that no one wants to change when they feel judged? I want to change the world. I am a revivalist. Well... We should love somebody. Sean Bowles says this. He says, you have no authority over what you do not love. Yee. You have no authority over what you don't love. Interesting to me, as a side note, they complained to the disciples, yet Jesus was the one who answered them. Sometimes it's good to just let God fight your battles. People, you know, people curse us and say things bad about us. You know, even the people we love, they got, they got a whole website about them. All the church leaders that I like. Uh, let me just tell you, if you want to know, it really... Okay, I'm, like, I'm sorry, Lord. Okay. Woo! I almost started getting judgmental back. All right. We bless those who curse us. We bless those who curse us. But Jesus actually answered. It's so cool. It's so cool. People say bad things. We just let God deal with them. And the things that come out of our mouth is blessing. Do you notice that? Do you notice he, he's like, they said that to the disciples, and the disciples didn't answer anything, but Jesus answered them. 
It's so much better when the Lord just does your work and fights your battle. Instead of you thinking you have to retaliate on the people who be talking trash about you. Uh, I just handed you over to the Lord. And he's going to love that judgment out of you. So Jesus gives them the answer. We're coming to the one point of this message. I don't know if you're ready for this, guys. The one point. Luke 5, 31 and 32. He gives them. Look at this. Jesus answered them. How many of y'all know they weren't talking to him? (laughs) But they were talking to the disciples. But Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Here is the entire point to the message. One point. How did Jesus Jesus lead people to repentance? By spending time with them. That was the whole point. I don't know. I thought it was cooler than what just happened there, but... One point. How did Jesus lead people to repentance? By spending time with them. What if the people that you're trying to change didn't need you to prove them wrong or tell them why what they're believing isn't right or have little Bibles open with John 3.16 highlighted up on their table when they get home from school? (laughs) What if instead of throwing out all these little things here and there, what if they just needed you to be with them and treat them like a valuable human being, that they have valid viewpoints. That kind of sounds like a crazy rebuke, but I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to say like, dude, like, if we're gonna, I want to know how to change the world. I want to know how Jesus did it, because for some reason, these sinners people were flocking to Jesus. It's kind of like the, like we, like the, like we live in this castle, and then when we have these outreach events, it's like we let down our drawbridge. And they were like, go get them, people! Go get them! Here's how you do word of knowledge. Here's Roman's Road. Here's some tracks. And here's some oil just in case. Shaboom! And we run out. Yeah! You know, like, I got a testimony! I got this testimony. We're like running out there. And then, and then if we can manage to like grab a few people, pray this prayer! Jesus, save me. Yes, you're in. Come on, let's go back in the castle. And we bring them back in. You're like, come to church and be like us. Come. And then we, and then we get the drawbridge. Oh, that was scary. Oh, there's people out there. Let me throw a gospel bomb. You know, like... <laughs> And we got our archers up on throwing prayers at them, you know, like, shaping, you're going to get saved, you know. Next year comes around, the drawbridge, let's get them, people, you know, like, how many can we get to join the castle, you know. And we're like, and then at the end of it, you know, there's no, there's no relationship. It's not us and them. It's not telling them from afar, you know, and hiding behind our walls and being segregated. It's like, let me say this. Jesus did have alone time with his disciples. And so I'm not negating that. This is very important for what we're doing here. Hello. (laughs) This is what we're doing right now. Hey. 
But I want to encourage us to break out of our fears, our prejudices, and just be with people. Romans 2.4, it is the kindness or the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. How are you going to show people goodness, man? Just be with them. And just being with them preaches a message that God wants to be with sinners. You actually become the message by just being with them. Remember, we're not compromising who we are, right? Because Jesus is sure, steadfast. Like, I, I know who I am, and I'm not shaking for anybody. I don't care who you are, what you say, you can cut my hands off. I'm still going to raise them to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Jesus is, like, steadfast, like, willing to go all the way. But the message now is I'm with you. Why? Because I'm going to be a living parable of telling you that Jesus likes to be with you, too. And, and he's not afraid of sin. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God is not afraid of sin. I had some friends who went to a porn convention and set up a booth and preached the gospel to people. And, he, and people were getting healed and people were getting touched by the love and the power of God. How many of y'all realize Jesus? This has just happened like a week ago or something like that. You see that? The, these guys just go there and they just love people because God is not afraid of sin. Whoa! And he doesn't run away from sinners. Uh, and in fact, one of the biggest proofs that God doesn't run away from people when they sin is the very fact that Jesus was sent to earth to pursue people. <laughs> like, God doesn't want to be with me. No, on the contrary, you know, you came from heaven to earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he came because he wanted us. God became a man and dwelt among us. And somehow, I don't get it, man. I, I mean, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, it's just being with sinners that causes sinners to repent. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I believe in the preaching of the word. You know, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe there's a moment for that. And I actually, I'm not negating any of that type of evangelism because I've actually led hundreds of people to the Lord by preaching the gospel directly to them. And I believe in it. But I believe there's something really significant, especially like in this age group and also in this college generation and, and what's happening in our, it's community oriented, you know, and, and there's something that happens when they're just invited into the group to belong before they believe. And they're just part of the fam. And there's something about this thing where they're just invited to come and hang out at our barbecue or whatever, you know, and they're just, you know, homies just rolled up and got food last Thursday. And it's like, I don't care, man. It's like, come and just get blessed. My message to you isn't you have to do a bunch of things and then you get blessed. My message is I will bless you. And hopefully that blessing will perpetuate you into repentance. And somehow, man, it's how God, you, it's how God moves in people's lives. It's, it's the whole like, you know, it's like becoming your better. It's the, my song. I know it's my song, but here we go. It's like, it's, it's becoming the song. You're better than I thought you were. It's, 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 I thought that you were angry, but you wanted to spend your time with me. You know, like, but you, but, but I found out you, you're smiling over me and you became flesh and dwelt among us. This is God. You become the song. And we see Jesus causing people, causing us to repentance by spending time with us, by coming to us, pursuing us, loving us, blessing us, inviting us to him. It's what he did to Levi, and he said, follow me. And so I just, man, there's, there's uh, I'm going to just land on these thoughts here. Are you putting, what are you, okay, there you go. You just put the whole thing up there, dude. 
but I'm going to land on these thoughts here because you got to put yourself in these shoes and realize this is what's happening to Levi. This is what's happening to all of his friends. And this is what's going to be happening through your life. When you, when you think when you're feeling alone, rejected, outcast, abandoned, you know, all these different things, you're feeling dirty, you're feeling shameful, you're feeling uh, condemned, low self-esteem, poverty, like an orphan, all these types of things. When someone invites you over for a meal, that breaks that thing down real quick. And especially for it to be like a popular dude like Jesus. <laughs> Like the top rabbi wants me to come over for dinner or wants to have, you know, this whole thing wants to be with me. And I want to encourage us. This message is about drawing near instead of pulling away. It's about pursuing a connection, not a distance. And it's communicating, I choose you. Do you get that? It's communicating, I'm choosing you. Choosing you is a powerful thing. And so here's the question. Here is the application who can, be, who can we be representing Christ to? Who can we spend time with? I like Ruth from uh, Priority says, it's time to get the salt out of the salt shaker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that. Who, who can we get out of the out? Can we, can we get the light out of the darkness? Or into the darkness, rather, sorry. I'm thinking out the salt out of the shaker. Can we get the light to go into the darkness? What's the, the one application? What's the one point? How did Jesus do that? Spending time with sinners. What sinners can you spend time with? This is so simple, man. But I'm, I went through all of that because I wanted to, to, to show you the story of what Jesus was doing. I want to show you what was really happening in Luke 5. I want to encourage you, man. We're, we're coming into summertime. Summertime. Is that a secular song? What is that? I can't. I don't do that. That was BC, guys. The question really, I mean, it's so simple. And I'm not even, I don't want you to be weird about it, you know. I don't want you to be like, oh, come over to my house and let's eat food. And then, like, you have, like, Bibles opened up everywhere and, like, you know, little crosses hanging on the, you serve them their plate. It's in the shape of a cross, the food. The food is like a fish, you know, like, pun. You know, like, you don't have to be weird, you know? Like, <laughs> but who can you invite into the culture of Jesus? Who can you invite into his goodness? Who can you invite into the... I'm saying, yes, invite people to Thursday nights. Do it. Like, go for it. I'm telling you, the number one gift that new people get is an encounter with God. We're like, we give you this cup and a healing, you know, like, it's just what happens. But I want to encourage you, invite them to our graduation party tomorrow. Invite them to the third Friday hangouts. Invite them to when you all go out to watch, you know, the latest movie or whatever, the Civil War, you know what I'm saying? Like, invite them. That's like long, that's like old news now, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, <laughs> Finding Dory. Invite them to go watch Finding Dory, you know? I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. Like some people will be like, why are we playing Halo all night? You know, that's what, that's what we used to do. Because you're inviting them into the, to the culture, man. You're inviting them into light. You are literally light everywhere you go. All right, stand with me tonight. Friend of sinners. Friend of sinners. Help us, Lord. Lord, I, I just want to pray for everyone who, who's here, myself included, that we will be able to 
be like Jesus. I, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, that even right now that you just bring some friends to mind, whether, I mean, like, we work with them, we see them at the same stores, you know, we, we're, we're seeing them and, like, class, I don't know classes is done, but, like, just people that we keep seeing over and over, we'll just take that as, like, a hint that you're trying to tell us something. I'm praying, Father, that you would just show us who, who can we just hang out with? Because it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the, it's the sick. And you said you didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And how did you lead them to repentance? You hung out with them, Lord, and we want to do the same. And so I'm just asking, Father, that just, just as I'm praying right now, that you would just drop uh, pictures of people uh, who, who we can reach out to. There's so much going to happen over summer and fun things are going to happen. And I thank you for the conversations that will start. People will be asking, what have you been doing? Awesome open door. God, I'm praying for this. I'm praying that you give us more and more opportunities to lead people to repentance. Fancy word for changing the way they think about you and themselves. And choose Jesus. So I pray for that, Lord. Just, just say that with me. Say, Lord Jesus, show me who I can spend time with. And I'm sure some of you guys already know, probably knew before I even told you to do that, but just take a moment, just listen. Just as your eyes are closed, it just helps you to focus. Like, who can we be reaching out to this, this summer? thank you for it, Lord. Yeah. Ah, just put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you for courage. I thank you for boldness, but I thank you for just even the sense of just being us, that we could just be us and, and not feel like we have to change who we are. But God, I thank you that we can just be us and represent Christ. And Lord, I thank you for the impact. I, I, just, I just really believe that there's going to be impact from your lives by spending time with people. I feel like there's going to be like, it's just light is emanating off of you. Like, like I just declare over you tonight that you're going to impact people's lives. You're going to influence people's lives. That you are the light of the world. And that when you get in contact with people and not judge them, but love them and invite them into to Christ. I, I just thank you, Lord, that in Jesus' name, people's lives are going to be touched. You're so amazing, God. And, and, and your, your, your church here, so amazing. And so, God, in Jesus' name, I pray for just a boldness to step out, even if we, lit like our literal neighbors, like our next door neighbors, like I'm praying that you would use this for those situations, Lord. God, I pray that, yeah, just if we ain't got money to buy food, then give us money to buy food, whatever, like so we don't invite people over for Toparama because that might be weird. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord. So good. Amen. Bless you guys. That's it. Amen.